There are two types of speakers, those who are nervous and those who are liars. But if you know the nerves are coming, you'll be able to handle them. You got this. Hey everybody, this is Speak Easy with Eric Egan. I've made a career out of speaking in front of people and a camera, learning a ton about this craft along the way. How to be comfortable and exude confidence, learning from my mistakes, which have been plenty, and becoming accustomed to harnessing that nervous energy we all experience. I say all that because I know how important standing up in front of a crowd of two or a hundred can be in all of our professions. And I'm here to show you, I can help you perfect your pitch. Let's do it. Hi everybody, glad to be back. Glad you're listening for this one. This is the latest installment of Speak Easy with Eric Egan. Uh, how you feeling out there? Um, the reason why I ask, because it doesn't matter how you're feeling today. Maybe you're a little, I don't know, unsure. Maybe things just haven't haven't gone great. Maybe your confidence is waning just a little bit. Well, there's a good reason why you're here. There's a good reason why I'm excited about it. Thrilled, actually, because this is the antidote for that. This episode is my top 10 list for making you look comfortable. You may not feel it. Sometimes it's hard. Sometimes we just get out of bed and it, it's, it's not yours today. You're not feeling it. But looking the part, guys, is more than half the battle. So do five of these 10 things. Do three of them. Do seven of them. If you do them well, you're taking that many more steps forward to selling yourself into being successful in public speaking. You know, there's a study not too long ago at UCLA. And what they did is they looked at the factors that influence our perception of public speakers. Anybody who's up there in front of a crowd or in front of a one or two, you name it, speaking to people. 38% of the influencers is how the person uses their voice. 55% is that speaker's body language. I'm not a math major, but you put those two together, that's 93%. The, the remaining seven is your actual content, what you say. So 93% is how, how you do it. And we're going to talk about that. I want you to look comfortable. And there are so many advantages to doing that. It'll help you stand out amongst your competition. It will help you gain an audience. It will help you gain credibility, more confidence, and again, do a few of these well, and you'll take several steps forward. All right, without further ado, number one, posture. Overemphasize this. Walk down the street, street, throw your shoulders back. This is kind of practicing and lift your head up. That's how you practice posture. If it hurts your back or your shoulders, you're probably, you're probably doing it right. <laughs> it probably looks like it should, or it looks like what other people would want themselves to look like, what you would want yourself to look like if you saw a picture of yourself. Why? Because bad posture projects poor health, timidness, an unsuccessful person. It's true. I looked at a, a picture of, of myself not too long ago, and I remember in the moment when the picture was taken, I, I was sitting and I really tried to to stress it, to throw my shoulders back, to, to arch, arch the lower back so I could kind of take a deep breath and stick my chest out, all that stuff. And it felt really funny, but then I go back and I look at the picture and I thought to myself, wow, like that's how you should look. So I'm, I'm glad I did that. Number one, posture. Number two is, is a, a three-parter that all goes into delivery. I call it smile, laugh, voice. 
The idea here, have fun. It's hard to look uncomfortable when you're having fun. Say it with confidence even when you're unsure. You might not be totally sold on it, but if you tell them in a certain way, if you don't pause, if you don't waver or let that quiver in your voice to seep out, the audience is going to trust you. It's about gaining trust. Again, looking comfortable. Um, my son, man, it was it might have been today. If not, it was yesterday. We're in uh, mid to late October at time of recording this. And for whatever reason, he, he's six years old. And, and we said, what's your favorite number? And he said, 10,000. And we, and we said, wow. And then my wife or I at the time asked him, how many zeros are in, ten, are in the number 10,000? And just like that, he said four. And we both kind of looked at him and said, wow, that's pretty good. And then we, we gave it a minute. And then he kind of started smirking. And then he looked at us with a bit of a side eye. And we said, did you really know that? And he's like, no, I just took a guess. But here's my point. He had us. He had us in that moment. So whether you know it or not, in, 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 at least in that moment, he did know it. We believed him. And he knows it now, so it's a learning process. But that's what I'm talking about. If you sell it in that way, if you say it with confidence, even when you're unsure, hey, you can't be wrong. Or at least that's the perception of looking comfortable. Number three, maybe my only materialistic uh, item on this list. Um, and if I'm wrong, I'll come back and, and I'll hold myself accountable. But number three, clothes that fit. We're talking not baggy, not wrinkled. Press them. Um, preferably something fresh. It doesn't always have to be new. And I want to stress, this doesn't mean spending a lot of money because there are ways around that. There are a hundred ways around that. But if you wear something that fits right, you look professional. If it's clean, again, if it's ironed or pressed, just take the time to do it. It's worth, worth so much more. People will listen strictly because you look the part. People want to take advice. They want to take instruction from someone that they, in a sense, look up to or that they would trust, you know, that they would put their trust in. And that's a big part of it. Looking the part. Number four, hand gestures. When we talk about hand gesturing, I want you to, to choose one thing and stick with it and go with it. Maybe you're pointing to, uh, to, to a, a projector screen or a slide in a PowerPoint, the open palm sort of wave in, in, the, in a direction of something. Counting on your hand. One, two, three times, you tell the audience. But the idea here, keep them simple. Keep it measured. This will project strength. If you're committed to it, knowledge of the topic and certainty. Number five, I love this one. Speak conversationally. I wrote a note in my notes, in parentheses, I just wrote, be yourself. This is one of those things that I held in my, my front shirt pocket. <laughs> Um, on the ready during my broadcasting career for almost two decades, guys. Speak conversationally. This, it's not necessarily the time and the moment to wow people with facts or figures or your knowledge on something. You could do so talking like you're having coffee. It creates a level playing field with the audience and they're going to like that and that's going to help them gravitate to you. It makes you look relaxed you also, excuse me, you are also, I should say, less reliant on that urge to impress people with just regurgitating a bunch of facts. You'll be more relatable. This frees you up too and allows you just to be the original, the, the, the true you. And that's what I want to, to always emphasize on this podcast, the whole speak easy idea, guys. Speak conversationally. 
Okay, we're at number six. Be approachable and welcome questions. Number six, be approachable, welcome questions. This is about staying open to your audience, to their input, maybe to their criticism, maybe their compliments, and also their question. It projects your trust in your own experience. Athletes sometimes preach, you know, act like you've been there before. Act like you've done this before. You've had the success. That's what this one's about. And always listen. You will invite people to you. You will portray yourself as someone who's not afraid of a little feedback or a little pushback. And that's a telltale sign of credibility, that you know your stuff. So stay open to input. Sometimes it's criticism. That's okay. Or questions. This projects the trust in your own self, your self-assurance that you're on top of it. Number seven now, controlled breathing or slowing down your breathing. Five deep breaths, something else that I've always liked to to implement to, to my students and just to myself. If you're a little upset or nervous, frankly nervous, take a step back, do five deep breaths, even even three deep breaths. By the time you get to the third, you kind of forget what, what you're nervous about to begin with and then you're ready to attack it again. But your controlled or slowed breathing doesn't allow you to appear flustered or panicked. Number eight, eye contact. That one's pretty self-explanatory. Be, uh, be sure to spread around the eye contact. Seek it out. Don't shy away from that one. Seek it out. That is a, that is a big one. Number eight, put a star next to that one. I love that one. Again, this is all about making you look comfortable to your audience. All right, we're moving right along. Now we go to numbers nine and 10. These are tough ones. And I say tough because it's it's one of the easier said than done uh, moments here. Uh, number nine, crutch words and qualifiers. Look, friends, I'm not going to pretend like I have this one figured out. You can listen to me anytime in my television career over podcasting. We all let the ums and uhs and reallys sort of sneak their way, seep their way into our to our conversations. Uh, We're works in progress. And admitting that is one step in the right direction. It's also the acknowledgement of being willing to work on it. It's easy to throw your hands up and just say, hey, I'm not good at this. And it's a human thing. And we all do it. And I'm happy with who I am. Fine. But we're here to improve ourselves. Uh, See, I said it right there. When you talk about it, you have an idea you're more self-aware of it. So I don't want, this is funny, I'm having an epiphany in the moment. I don't want it to to cloud your thinking too much or to be overbearing. But just keep in mind, crutch words and qualifiers. More qualifiers here, following up any sort of statement with, I think, I guess, maybe. All that does is make you look unsure. Other words I really don't like, I call them throwaway words, amazing Sometimes people will will throw that in in front of any descriptive word that they really want to emphasize. Even if you have to go back and and just look in a thesaurus at some of the words that could take the place of amazing, it's just a pet peeve of mine, but that'll help you. That'll help you when, when going gets tough. So how do you do it though? Other than constant awareness and practice of it, recognize, pause, and continue. You might hear me do this on this podcast. If I don't have all of my thoughts in the moment, I'll try to just take a second or two step back, pause, recognize that I'm having that issue in my mind, and then continue on. I'll be honest, it doesn't always work out, 
but we're all works in progress. Number 10, the final one, hand placement. Talking with your hands is a good thing. I've given advice to try to steer people away with kind of like the last number, with always letting your mind wander or being overtaken with where should I put my hands? It's good to talk with your hands. It should come naturally and it will. I promise it will. But you should also keep your hands quiet if you feel like instead of using them as a way to further make your point or describe something, when you feel your hands moving more like a nervous tension, that's when you should take a step back. What are some of the hand positions that are less than ideal? Number one, diamond hands. You might see people kind of press their thumbs together also with the the tips of their fingers to make the diamond. That's not a great one. Rubbing hands or fire starters. I do this one. When I'm trying to find a thought, I kind of rub my hands together. I've seen other people do that too. These things project nerves, the opposite of making you look comfortable. Tapping your fingers on the table. You know how that works. When resting, this is important. When you're at rest, when it's not the moment to talk with your hands, putting your arms and your hands at your sides, just relaxed, combining this with positive, with good, strong posture, that projects calm, authority, even strength. So keep that in mind. Number 10, hand placement. Friends, I've just given you the goods. One through 10, my top 10 list for making you look comfortable. Let me go through it real fast. One through 10. Number one, posture. Number two, smile, laugh, voice. Remember, that's about delivery. Three, clothes that fit. Doesn't mean spending a lot of money. Number four, hand gestures. Commit to them. Keep them simple. Speak conversationally. That's number five. Number six, remain approachable. Welcome questions. Number seven, controlled pacing slowed even breathing. Number eight, eye contact. Seek that out. Number nine, crutch words and qualifiers. It's hard. I promise you already know that. And number 10, where to put your hands, arms, all that good stuff. Hand placement. All right. Hey, let's talk a little bourbon. I've left this out the last podcast or two. Sorry about that, man. It is it's my favorite time of year. Uh, one of the reasons, because you can go outside, you don't sweat, you don't get bit up by bugs. Am I right? You can sit around a campfire or, or just with friends at night, friends at night. Hey, maybe it's even earlier in the day if you get together for a tailgate, whatever that might be. This I call my bourbon apple cider. Here's a quick little rundown for the speakeasy suggestion. Number one, you start with your tumbler. Rim the glass, if you will, with a little, just a little bit of cinnamon and sugar. Big cube. Get a big rock. Put it in your glass. Find three ounces of your favorite rye. Add that. I'll tell you what, that's what the recipe says. My own version, what I would do personally, I wouldn't go with a rye. If I wanted a a rye heavy bourbon, you could go with the, I would go with the Four Roses single barrel or Wild Turkey, something simple. Wild Turkey 101, that's affordable and, and has some nice spice to it, but that's always what I'm going for. So you take the three ounces of bourbon or your favorite rye, then add one ounce apple cider, You shake it in the tumbler, remember? Then you strain over the glass and the rock. Add a cinnamon stick in there. Maybe stir once or twice and enjoy. I call this puppy fall in a glass. It's really good, you guys. Bon appetit. So I hope you are enjoying the fall season on that note. Also, 
I hope you're enjoying the podcast of late, everybody. I, I appreciate your involvement. I appreciate the listens. Always encourage you to uh, provide a five-star review if, if you are able. Uh, it just takes a moment there on Apple Podcasts. And if you ever have, you know, if you want me to take a different direction or, or you want a little more more one-on-one focus, uh, send me an email with your suggestion or whatever you might need at speakeasyegan at gmail.com. You can also uh, get in touch with me via Instagram at speakeasyegan. That's my Instagram handle. Everyone, this is, uh, it, it's, it's been a joy for me. So I really enjoy doing it. I welcome your interaction. Um, when you guys are open, it, it, I really think it helps the message evolve in the podcast grow and continue to go places. So working on more exciting things on my end that I'm looking forward to sharing. So, so stay tuned out there. And I just want to say thanks. Thanks for the support. Thanks for listening along and, and being open to, to growing. And we do that together. Not just you, but me, 100%. So I'll go. I'll leave it right there. And as I do, everyone, remember this. Be confident, be memorable, be you. We'll see you next time.